0: Welcome to the MCO Advisors Podcast. In this episode, Ryan and Corey talk about using more clear language and simplifying your content so everyone is able to understand it.
1: We well, are head-to-head um, head with the uh LPL crew crew today, so we'll be a little light this morning.
0: Okay. Well, it is what it is. Uh good advisors finish first and their meeting is also first. So, that's how that goes. Um a lot of the crew over there is usually over here. Um but uh that if that's when does that happen? That happens today and isn't there another day that we overlap a little bit? No, it's just uh they no. have it 3 days
1: a week and this one is at 9:30 8:30 central. So, oh well, uh, it is what it uh, is and who
0: people, cares? people people creep in after but regardless um you know, one of the things I wanted to focus on today was clear and simple content. Cool. And the reason I bring that up and I'll hone in a little bit so you have some background. I was having a uh, planning meeting yesterday. I was actually just just getting something small done after the fact. But we we ended up getting in a conversation about an individual's working with the state and they had a 457B. Now, we, we actually had to find a statement, you know, to figure out what they had, exactly what it was. Because I started talking about 401Ks, 403Bs, IRAs, things like that. And I said all these names in terms of these titles. And she said, Ryan, that's a different language to me. She says, I don't even understand anything you just said. Um, and, and actually, the, the, the part where it really came in and when she said that was I was speaking to her husband about doing a webinar. So he owns actually a jujitsu gym and he was like, hey, maybe we should bring you in and you should be talking about these things and talk about the basics like you did here with us. And I'm like, oh, so like 401ks, IRAs. And she was like, Ryan, I would never come to that webinar. She's like, I don't even know what that means. Any of that stuff that you said Then made me realize that we think jargon is PE ratios, I think, and expense ratios and and the detailed background stuff or whatever. And to me, what I'm trying to say is I think jargon is even account titles. And uh, it's just why would anybody know that information? So I keep thinking about a way where I'm trying to communicate more effectively with people and be on their frequency and take my advisor brain and my advisor language out of everything I'm doing.
1: Totally agree. Um, I mean... We don't talk, uh, you know, using acronyms like CAC and KPIs and, you know, we, we don't get into stuff like that, you know, key performance indicators. Like people, if you're not in the, in the weeds on that, that stuff is, you know, over your head.
0: And break it down, and even give a further example. Multiple times, we would have an individual, say a retiree, where they they would say, "Hey, Ryan, I'm I'm looking for this account, and I'm looking for a statement for for my accountant." And I go, "Oh, oh, okay. Which one are you looking for? Which which 1099 did you not get?" And they say, "I don't know. It's either my annuity or my IRA." Yeah, and and an annuity can be an IRA, and can and be it, in it, an IRA, It can yeah. be in yeah, <laughs> and it, and titled as such. And I guess my point of of explaining that is. Like people don't even remember. Oh, they—they. They, I feel like they remember what they're invested in inside more so than that. Like when I talk to my parents, they—they they may have a, a, something they a, a, attached to for whatever reason. Something they bought, maybe Apple stock or something like that. Oh, that's the one with Apple in it. But they don't remember it's their SEP or the individual or or even the Roth or something like that. So, I think it's good to hone in and talk about like these account titles. Uh, And I think even affluent individuals who have a lot of money, we think that they know everything. We think that they know what's going on. We think that they understand all this language, but they don't. And there's no reason for them to. There's no reason for an individual who makes $300,000 a year to all of a sudden understand financial terms and the stock market. Just because you make money doesn't mean you understand that stuff. And maybe you you want to hire an
1: advisor to understand it for you and not think about it
0: uh, that yeah a hundred percent and and really I guess what I'm getting at too is if you're dealing with a certain type of individual especially if we're talking about engineers or very analytical types who want to understand the intricacies uh, I found that those type of individuals are sometimes planning on their own but not always but it still is a matter of I, I I love working with the person who, who wants to hand it off and who obviously understands it to a certain degree but not enough to execute on certain things. So I also think that by, by being more uh, basic and general, you're connecting to the individual who you really want to work with, who would find the most value in you because they don't understand this stuff. And we have to find a better way of, of taking out those terms that we use so consistently and giving people something in real language, similar to a children's book that everybody could understand. So once we're speaking on the same frequency, then you're starting to grab some attention.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, look, I, I, honestly, I this is funny you bring this up. And Ryan and I don't talk about these topics offline, honest. So you guys know this is pretty much generally a surprise to me every morning what what we're going to be talking about. Um, I say that because I was talking to a family member, uh, literally yesterday afternoon, um, while the kids were coming back from school and everything. My, uh, I'm texting back and forth with a successful family member talking about their taxes and that if they had contributed more to their 401k, they could have reduced their, their uh, tax liability. And the conversation was going back and forth. And they're like, I was like, well, have you explored looking at an IRA contribution? You can do that up until you know April 15th or whatever, retroactively for 2020. They're like, no, I told you about that already. We missed the boat that closed on December 30. And I was like, no, an IRA. And they're like, no, yeah, I, I've already talked to the accountant about that. And I was like, I, you're confusing an IRA and a 401k. And they're like, oh wait, they're different? and this is someone who's making six figures successful. And I don't think they're ignorant. It's just that they don't need to pay attention to that. That's not even in their wheelhouse in the day-to-day. And and I love that you bring this up because we do an IRA and a 401k. They're so basic to the financial advisor. It's such That's like elementary school. Um, But even to Main Street, people don't necessarily think about that stuff.
0: And we have to remember that what what we classify as certain accounts immediately, my brain starts rattling off all the rules that go into those accounts, the rules that fit in those buckets, and why people would sit there. But other people have if if they start hearing about rules, you're gonna it's gonna be a web mess in their head of trying to figure out where things are for what reason. This one does which tax? This does this? This does how? How does it? How am I affected? That's what we're here for. Giving you another example, I love that you brought that up, by the way, and even giving you another example. I got a phone call yesterday from somebody that I just give advice to every once in a while, and he said, Ryan, what do I need to give the accountant from my IRA so I don't get in trouble? And I was like, he just wants to see your 1099. Or that's the statement that shows how much you put in. They don't care about the growth. They want to see what you put in because there's a limit per year. That's a video. Like, that's a video topic, you know? and." and and it's crazy. I think there, there's obviously can be more to it. There can be, there can be more meat on the bone. There can be more technical posts, but breaking down those simple messages and, and the points that we think are pain points are not real pain points. We have to think about what people are dealing with on a day to day. I have this thing that somebody told me to get, and I sort of know why I have it, but not exactly as much as I should. There's things to do throughout the year. The accountant needs it. Like, why am I doing all this again? Again, that's, that's partially why we're here. We can't expect people to remember. I mean, education, we always say education is key in the planning process, but there's no way that an individual, I feel like, should understand to a T every single thing we do because that's why we're here. So bring that back to the content, the simple and clear content. Bringing that back to the content is an example I just gave. Like we're out here putting out these elaborate five-minute videos, and people want to know what is a ten ninety nine R. What do I tell my accountant when they ask me where stuff goes? Like what? How does these things affect my real-world life? How can we take out the the you know how? How can we talk about these accounts by bringing them a title but giving them another name that so helps people you. grab a hold you of it? advisors
1: think that talking about that stuff is too elementary and like they they're
0: that doesn't excite them to create
1: content around things that they take for granted
0: it's not that it's too elementary to get them excited it's too elementary for us to grab to grasp because we do it every day and we do it so much and we know those rules and we know how complicated things can be we start talking about the complicated but actually people are having trouble with the simple because simple to them is complicated we like we live this world you know, they, mm-hmm. they don't understand some, some don't understand any of it. And some, some are got, got it down to a T don't get me wrong. I've worked with individuals who are like, that's in my SEP And they remember how much is in there to the penny. There's different types of personalities, but the majority of what I'm seeing, especially for content is that there's definitely more people out there who need help from a financial advisor and they don't understand money to a degree at all. And, and you know, rather, ra- you rather than the detailed individual,
1: this is, you know, in the construction world, I always go back to this because I spent some time doing it uh, years and years ago. Uh, People take for granted in the construction world, these guys throw this stuff around too. Um, You know, rim joists, soffits, gable ends, all these different terms that are very basic to folks who work in, in um, in that industry, but Main Street folks aren't paying attention to that. And I it's just it's so interesting that every segment, every industry has their terms and, and their little acronyms that we all use and get comfortable with. But we take for granted that that no one else is paying attention to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing that I would say, too, is if we we always refer back to to Nick Nielsen and his content. And one of the things I would say is that when he has a picture, the fact that it's so impactful and it, it hits is is he he can have technical posts he can have the numbers matching up and the taxes written in there people can see how much comes from the dividend it gives them something to think about you know but at the end of the day he has this he has this picture down there that people can resonate with something that he can see people can formulate their own thoughts around complicated topics just based on that simple image and that's why it resonates and gets through to somebody it's a simple picture it's a you know, and we we appreciate pictures. And if we can understand a concept that would have taken you four pages to write in detail because you wrote a stick figure, that's the thing that's going to get through and win one hundred percent of the time. Can I
1: bring up another thing that that is related to this that I think is no. going on, especially no. in the LinkedIn feed and community? Yeah. Um, I want to challenge all advisors putting content out, and I'm grateful and glad you're putting out the content. I want to challenge everybody to be careful of the group think. And I think that that comes easy because advisors engage with a lot of advisors' content. And I, th- I, I wonder and I want to know what you think about this. Is there kind of a do advisors maybe start to create content subconsciously with the other advisors in mind?
0: Yes. I mean, if you don't know what you're gonna do, you're gonna follow somebody that's being successful and attempt to recreate at least a portion of that. Even if people are don't don't want to call it that watered down version, and I I see a lot of that, are people just trying things that work, or they see something that works, so they end up copying it, but they also copy the content. There's so a we lot. Break going. it down
1: for you again yeah. to get even more. I want to okay. get deeper on it with you. It's probably our fault. <laughs> An advisor creates content thinking they're going to like this, or oh, this is awesome. I'm putting this out. And and then subconsciously, but they're like, this is going to resonate with my crew, the advisor group, the community that we've built.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's dangerous. Not yeah. bad. Just, Just it's an interesting thing to think about.
0: We go back on this all the time and you're, you're the best focus on this because you're sitting on the outside of, of the little, you're, you're like in the community, but not the advisor mindset. (laughs) So we're all, so we're all, we're, we're bouncing around each other and true doing the same thing, liking each other's stuff. And I think, I think you get lost in the locker room content. And and talking to other people. And that's fine if that's why you're here, if you're accepting it. But again, if you're only speaking and impressing other advisors and frustrated you're not growing your business, then sure, we have to make a change. I'm
1: writing that down. Locker room content. That's going to be another
0: Mm. um, piece of digital content for us. That's a good one. Sweet. Nice picture of me. Yeah, with a towel. (laughs) (laughs) Here you go, Corey.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, So I uh... (laughs) – He does the same, buddy. He
1: does the same. <laughs> um, That's the thing, though. I mean, Let's talk about that. I mean, if you're honestly, whether you're saying that in jest or not, if you're creating content to entertain the community, as long as you know you're doing that, that's not a big, that's awesome. Like, there's no nothing wrong with that at all.
0: Right, but let's also agree that there's tons of advisors on here. People always wonder why you're getting context. I mean, the other thing I would say is, I hate to go keep going back to Nick Nielsen, but if you see most of his posts, he gets like ten to fifteen likes because he's getting support from advisors who really appreciate his stuff and they'll comment, but they're very focused on an individual that that aren't us. So the only thing he's getting is that little bits of support. I think a lot of times, when we're creating content just to get advisors' attention, and you see it blow up, it's not that it's bad. Especially Keith, you know, you're uh, whatever you have to call it through LPL for your OBA. You're an editing coach or uh, whatever the hell it's supposed to be called. But it still makes sense, right? If you're going to be working working with advisors, it makes a lot of sense, especially doing what you're doing. Uh, if Ruffalo is going to start an RIA and start bringing people on, or if you guys tr- bring Truthful Mutual into something bigger or a business aspect to it, then, you know, obviously. Um, and if it's fun, then that's good too. But it still goes to focus on, is that content going to bring in certain people? I think it creates Let's get a Let's even more meta with it. What so, if you create agree.
1: content for the community
0: that you know
1: is going to generate a shitload of engagement but then you know from the engagement within the community, the algorithm, LinkedIn, and then the network will spread it out farther for you.
0: Yeah, say that again.
1: You could create content directly for the consumer base and you might Mm get 11 likes and one comment. Mm -hmm. Okay, but those 11 likes might be deeper, so deeper into your network. So you could argue that's the play or you could create similar content do it in a voice that you know is going to reach the advisor community at large. You get fifty-six likes and thirty-seven comments, and it goes out to fifty-two hundred people. I, you know which which play is better there.
0: I think it's just. I mean, I guess the problem is if we're thinking about your know, plays, what we would lean to. It makes you start to navigate your content. I guess in a, in a certain direction that could lead away from. The value that you're bringing to people or the message, especially that's the problem is that most people, when they're speaking to advisors, they lose the message that resonates with the individual that wants to yes. work with them. It's not that you're not entertaining. It's not that people don't like watching you or even like you. It's just that they don't know maybe what you do or the value that you bring that stands out above being the just a, a financial advisor, especially when we're competing with so many.
1: I would make a note to yourself that you should include a clip from the locker room thing you mentioned a minute ago and then some excerpts of what you just did net there. I think that is um, some good off the off the record content for you just so you know.
0: <clears throat> and I'll jump into Sid's comment because it's longer but if I had to jump into cast the net or spearfish from Keith Wilson, 100% spear because I think it brings the right people. Or if you're casting a net it's still a specific net that's where I'm looking at my message I don't know so, that I'm
1: ready to draw a line in the sand on that yet
0: I just think in this world we live in with being an advisor especially look if we're selling marketing advice uh, or if you're selling if you're a, if you're a LinkedIn person selling LinkedIn advice then boom I'm casting a net on LinkedIn. That's going to be it. Sure, we can focus and whatever, but I th- I think that can still be safer. I think it's I think it's more difficult to cast a net from the financial advising world because we're we're competing with other people who are speaking directly. We're only getting more specialists. Investments are becoming commoditized. People are looking at robo advisors, and we're having to hammer through with our marketing the human value aspect and the relationship of of why we have. So th- that's where I think also that relationships with the right individual, everybody I feel like has the person they would love to work with. They just get the people they sort of want to work with in between. But if we could focus on the people that they love to work with and you only had that, you know, maybe that brand becomes a net. But that's where I think of, of the sphere is that I'm focusing on the individuals I want to work with because they're so fruitful that it's worth the pain in between of not taking the time the time sensitive stuff that blocks us out of not getting the short-term goals and the short-term money that's in front of me, but aiming for the long-term, the, the, the you know, we, I don't want to call it whale hunting, but looking for the right person. Uh, I would look at, I'd be sitting with a spear waiting in the water. waiting for I the think right it's fish. A, I
1: think it's a mixture of both. I, and I'm, I'm, as I've thought about what you've said and I've contemplated Keith's comment here for a minute, I'm going to go on the record and saying, I think it's both because I think casting a net is creating a brand.
0: And And I think spearfishing
1: is creating, is generating, is business generation.
0: I think if you're speaking on social media, you should be until like your brand is that. That's kind of where I was going. The brand becomes the net. So once you have a net, feeds in right to what Nick just said. Why wouldn't you cast the net at the school of fish you want? That's kind of my idea of where I think a brand goes, where your message goes, as it resonates, as it gets bigger. You become the person who talks to these people, and then your 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 spear turns into a net as you're focusing on that group. So a lot of analogies here. That comment. Where's, where's Conroy me, when you need it.
1: That, him? Up, that um, this comment from Nick is literally what I have aimed to do in the LinkedIn feed over the last twelve months, and I've tried to create my brand with the advisor community at large um, without being super specific as to who exactly I want to
0: work with, but casting a net at least at the right school. And that's, that's the hardest part, I think, is figuring out who you want to focus on. Like, who do you like working with? And that becomes difficult because the real of it is, is most people find success by working with everybody And just starting the snowball referral business or they start in a place where they're handed leads or they get help and that they're not necessarily nurturing their own business. So they don't have to do that. They're just getting people that are in the ecosystem of wherever they are. So it is it is very difficult. And I find that to be one of our one of our first exercises, usually when we're working with somebody is we're trying to line up the infrastructure, the basic fundamentals of marketing of, you know, do we know who we're talking to? Do we even know what content you want to put out? Um, and that all kind of connects together. It's interesting. I
1: had a little back and forth with Ruffalo last night, um, just on the DM and it's, you know, you said who you want to be working with. It's, uh, (laughs) that's the, that's it. It's like, we talked about it and it's, I want to be working with the people that want to grow their business, that actually know that it takes effort to put into marketing, to grow their business. So it's just, you know, even on the advisor side, you know, talking to him, he gets it, he knows it's like, there is no magic pill. It's just like the, the summary you sent me this morning. There's no magic bullet. There's nothing you can do. It's you want to work with the people that you want to work with. And and I'm just riffing here at, at this point, but I was having a nice chat with him about it.
0: Cool. That's a nice, nice, have a nice chat with, with Anthony. It can go both ways. Um, uh, thrown in from Sid, he's got two nice comments, especially being a younger advisor. I can resonate with what he says and why I like to bring it up as we have a, a mixed crowd, but got to know who you're speaking to first year on LinkedIn was super general. Me too, Sid, uh, slowly, slowly note, narrowing down, uh, Nick was a big help with that. He told me he doesn't get a ton of engagement, but the content speaks to who it's supposed to, which is more important. Nice that you added that in. And I don't know if you added that literally because I spoke on it or if that just mixed in with, with the cross between the comments and when we get it because the time lapse. But exactly what I was saying is I think there's something way more powerful and why that's working. And don't get me wrong. Nick has something that pops out every once in a while. It has 60 likes, 70 likes, something like that attached to a picture. You know, that could look like net where he's talking about the love of music, keeping it very general, something personal um not doesn't always have to be just focused on people who make x amount of money you know working in a certain business but it does go to say that his narrow message hits harder and resonates more with the people who choose to follow him i would imagine it takes somebody a lot less touches to follow nick than somebody else who's so general because you're waiting for that thing where you're like oh that's me i'm i'm jumping that piece of content speaks to me whereas nick's content is always speaking to those individuals or ruffalo when he puts the suit on he's always speaking to highly compensated uh, executives equity, real quick equity, equity compensated in. executives man, cody exciting. what's up
1: man i hope all is going well i know i think you're still studying for the cfp so i hope that's well um some warmer weather for you up there in Boston, and um, it's good to good to see you, hear from you, um, and the fish are great.
0: <laughs> awesome, still alive. That's how you know you did it right. There was a comment on I mean, there's a comment on LinkedIn that I saw that I couldn't find. Here we go. I want to jump back in. I don't know if you threw this up. This is from Zach back at back at nine forty three. Man, that was like a year ago. Uh, no, but maybe maybe we need to stop overthinking our content and cover the absolute basics. I think these stories are proof we assume lots of retail investors no care less than we'd expect. And that's 100%. What we think people care about and what people actually care about are completely different. And that's why I think I should hammer more when you're speaking to these people in annual meetings, when you're speaking to current households, it's the, it's the greatest information you'll ever have is the data directly from the source of the person that you're working with really take some time to speak to people about how they feel, the things they think about guys. I'm thinking about doing a webinar. If I were to do that, what, what would you want to know about, you know, what bothers you in retirement? What do you really think about? Uh, And I think. I think you'd realize that the things that are bothering them aren't the things you thought about. I think one idea for a webinar that would be really good that people could focus on is what to do with your time. Because some people don't know what to do and they lose themselves when they lose work. We're focusing on finance and somebody's like, I need a freaking hobby. I would bring in somebody who focuses on that, whether it be a high esteemed life coach of some sort or somebody who, they're, they're people who actually focus on that area of, of retirement and they, they help people kind of build their lives back up and find, find the meaning from that. that. That's a big thing. I've talked to people who work for 40 years and they left and they go, I'm busier than ever. And then I talk to people who work for 40 years and they go, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what to do with myself. I, I was an employee. I, that, that business, that work was my identity. So. Let's bring
1: up Zach's other comment and it kind of nice. summarizes SIDS as well. So yeah. bring up, uh, let's, uh, here's one for you guys. Do you guys yeah. think young advisors kick things off with a specific niche or should we narrow it down as we gain experience, a better idea of getting a better idea of um, who we want and who we like working with, rapport, etc. <clears throat> it's a big one. This is one, Ryan, that comes up with yeah. not necessarily young advisors, but this comes up with a lot of our clients. I'm it, it, basically in every discovery call.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 very it's a very tough question, Zach. And the answer is both. Because I find it depends where you are. If you're being handed individuals in an ecosystem, you have the opportunity to learn from experiences and narrow it down with less angst of saying, How am I going to pay my bills? It's hard. When you're on your own and you're in a commission situation or fee bait, whatever it may be, you're still looking to pay your bills. So it's hard to tell somebody, hey, only focus on your A, figure out who that is, and eat shit all the way through. So I, I have to be realistic with people. But you know, for you, like, like you said, you, you're focusing on engineers, you like Legos and how you build things and put things together. It's easier for me to tell you to focus down. But I would also tell you, as a young guy, you have to be realistic. As you grow, you're going to change. Your business is going to change. Your experiences are going to change. And you may find that you connect with somebody so well that it can't be ignored. I would never tell you to, to stick to one group because of that. So the true answer is, is that you, you can pick something now. And I even suggest people at least attempt to. But if you can't, I mean, it's going to grow with time
1: i want to jump in because that piece of advice i got a long time ago really makes a lot of sense for entrepreneurs and all of us out here having this conversation are entrepreneurs Um, the survival of the business if there's no business there's no business so if it comes down to you need to take on somebody outside of a target niche a target focus a target audience to continue to maintain the business knowing where you want to take this thing you have to maintain the business i mean uh 100 you know 0% of uh, what is what's the saying 0% of 100 is is still 0 like yeah. the business has to survive so for what that's worth
0: i think being an advisor can be tough because you put yourself in that position in most most cases like most people are it, it's it's like a fight or flight like survive or not and then it 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 runs your business in a direction it's not supposed to go in so honestly if i could suggest to anybody um it's hard, but whether you're either still living at home or you're growing your business or you have a few roommates or you can cut costs in some way to get through those first couple of years as an advisor, um, I, that's that's more so what I would say. So you can focus on on your niche and then narrow it down. The reason I say that is because we're all trying to compete. And I think we're all competing in a digital world. And I think it's a little bit easier for people who have an established business or have been in the business where they had a lot of relationships uh, of, of giving advice that they, that they can work with anybody. I think if you're just starting and you're out on your own and you need to go into the world, talking to everybody and casting that wide net is going to hit nobody. That's what I'm afraid of. So doing what I agree you got to do that. to get the business, yes. But I do agree with Nick and to say that I would I would focus on at least a group as much as I can so people find value in that. And that message resonates more because we're trying to get through the noise online. It's getting more and more difficult to do that.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, uh, Zach, the answer for you is not a binary answer, unfortunately. Uh, Sid, Zach, anyone who seems to think that they're fitting this younger advisor Um you know you're kind of in the early stages mold there's no binary answer for this it's it's an individual answer and if if you if if money shows up at the door and it's a decision of whether or not to take that client that might not fit your niche but that keeps the lights on then that's probably an easier decision for you to make at the time but to ryan's point if you continue to take everything and you're going to end up with a book of business that you aren't in love with and are unhappy with maybe the way things pan out five years from now. So all that stuff has to be considered.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to get a Lexus.
1: Look on a marketing. <laughs> yeah. Let's go <laughs> buy a car. <laughs> on, on a marketing front, like um, <clears throat> I had people last summer approaching me to build websites all the time for them. And it's a pain in the ass, but the money was there and I did a couple of them. And then like, I got to the point where I'd be talking to my wife. I'm like, I'm so not inspired by this even 2,500 bucks, three grand, like, but I was not interested in it at all. So it got to a point that I got, I I had enough income generating, I was generating enough income that I could eventually say no to that. So, you know, I I think that there's, there's some uh, ways that we can tie that back to Zach's question.
0: Let me also hit you with this. And this is something that I feel me and Sid did for the first year. And I, and I feel a lot of advisors doing that. Firstly, when they went, first of all, when you're young and you don't really have something meat to grab onto, you just start talking about a bunch of facts and you start labeling things that are out there and accounts and, and things that can help people in ways. But the reason that narrowing down helps is because you start focusing on specific problems and your message starts solving those problems, you're able to sell. Anthony just said this the other day, you're able to sell the outcome, because you know, what's actually bothering somebody. So if mm-hmm. you have a specific person, you know, their specific problem, and you can answer that or resonate with that. That's what I think comes so much stronger. If we're just out here, like guys, don't forget about your, your, you can put money in a Roth at the end of the year. It's like, that's everybody under the sun with a Rolf. That's also a piece of advice they could just go take back and ask their accountant something for themselves. Maybe it just shows a brand or shows yourself. But if our entire brand becomes those pieces of information, we're not solving any problems. We're not providing any outcomes. There's no solution to it. And we're not, we're not actually providing a message that resonates with anybody to work with us. That's the problem of being so broad.
1: I love that. So what's the question? Because I'm totally on board. Like,
0: yeah, you could just spit out Investopedia stuff all day long. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I wouldn't ever hand some and I don't want to put it like, oh, you hand something somebody to tease them to make sure they're messaging you. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I just mean, you're giving them a piece of information that that it's not heavy enough. It doesn't sit anywhere. It doesn't do anything for them or for your brand. So that's where I'm thinking, you know, like you said, we're just sharing facts. Don't be Google be something else be a person
1: i think about that a lot with my content i mean
0: i've talked to you Let's about this, this.
1: people don't like being told don't do like there's a lot of that that goes on and and that's tough to navigate because that's an easy way to share content of like don't do this don't do that but do this and, but it does come off a little negative when you're when you're out there sharing content that that leads with don't but at the same time you don't want to be the fact you know the fat guy who just regurgitates Investopedia and, and and everything that could be Googled under the sun. So what are you really selling? What are we all really selling? We're selling comfort. We're selling a solution, like you said. Like if if we can create content that funnels down into, that the, the consumer funnels down into, if I work with Corey, he's going to help provide a marketing solution for my problems. That's the answer. That's, that's what I want people to do when they uh, engage with my content. That's the feeling I want to invoke. And it's hard to do that consistently with all of your content.
0: And I realized for the first year that I was focusing, I was getting more attention from advisors than people because I was focusing on features. And advisors understand the features and like that we're sharing them with the rest of the world because it resonates with them because they know that information. Or I was teaching other advisors what other, like what they could use in planning things that they could do. So even inherently, by just sharing all these random facts, people are like, Oh, cool. And HSA does that, I'm going to start talking about it, Rolf's do that, or this, 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 these are planning techniques, Mm -hmm. you know, it gives them something to talk about. But I wasn't solving problems or leaning into anybody specific or what they were going on, I, I literally would be like, this is an HSA, here's all the stuff it can do. And I'm sure people were scrolling through like, cool. But an advisor will look at that and be like, Oh, wow, that's a for anybody who's getting into planning or doesn't know, you know, that's a it's a that could be a gold gem similar to me learning from Nick about overfunding your role through 401k. It's just not something I dealt with before. You know, I, I could feel embarrassed that that I learned something, but I've learned a lot on here. And that's just that's what I'm saying. Talking about features, talking about facts of accounts. We're teaching advisors uh, more than we're than, than we're providing solutions for other people. Yep. I love it. Um Side note, how much
1: of the conversation with Panko tomorrow is going to be about fighting the AUM model? Like, how much can I dig into this YouTube thing? Because I'm really interested in it.
0: I wanted. I almost thought about titling it different. I kind of just wanted to make it, and it does take away from the theme, but I really do want to focus on his marketing, the fact that it's long form, his YouTube. The problem is is that it connects with his business model and he's something he's really passionate about. So I really do want to dig into marketing and spend a lot of time. I don't want to just sit here and crap on the AUM model. That would be the point of not crapping on it, but if I was going to hone in on just that, that would be for that debate, that uh anthony wants to have with panko and let them go back and forth i want to talk about marketing and lead in to how he does things lead into his business model and at the end we'll probably start riffing about how he feels about um about fee only and why i'm sure it'll trickle in anyway but his his passion will creep through but i really want to hone in around the marketing because that's what's getting him business and what brings value to everybody
1: i've i've been going through his feed i can't wait to ask him about it like i'm i'm there's a disconnect for me if I'm being honest and uh, I'll save the content for tomorrow. Cause I don't want to spoil it, but there's, there's definitely a disconnect and I'm trying to understand um, what's going on.
0: Interesting. I don't know what that means. Now I want to ask more questions.
1: <laughs> it means I'm seeing 3000 subscribers on YouTube and I'm wondering how the hell he gets them. Yeah. And cause the, you know, his LinkedIn stuff is good, but it's not generating the amount of engagement that I th- Think would turn a YouTube channel that's only a year old into 3,000 subscribers. So I've I've got some questions to ask.
0: I gotcha. Yeah, let's see. Whoa, Um, new picture. Whoa.
1: I don't recognize this guy.
0: Did that just happen? Yeah. What what are you doing? (laughs) Was this just now? How did that change from above to the comment? Doesn't just switch all the comments. Now your picture there is stuck forever. Don't multitask. We need all your focus, Nick. (laughs) <laughs> the LinkedIn is blocking your face. Um, so, okay, we'll get into that. You think uh, he gets him through his group page? Yeah, he's big on Facebook too. All right. So um, I'm interested to see ads, whatever he's doing, h- however he gets people there. People always say you can buy followers. I never knew how to do that. I mean, I always saw you could throw money at it. And I guess you ask people to follow a page, but I still assume they had to follow unless you can just have bots or something. Doing. Well, Is you that- can buy.
1: I, I know for certain you can buy Instagram followers and Twitter followers. That's a
0: total game. They, I'm guessing just, can, Yeah. I don't I'm know if you, can, you can, can on YouTube, but. We'll see. I'm super interested uh, t- to dig in. So obviously, we'll get into the AUM, um, but you know, we're really going to talk about his, his marketing, YouTube channel, Facebook, who he's dealing with, why it works, and again, that leads into his business model and the value proposition is what he has. So that's why it ties all together. I'm really accepting. I'm really excited. Accepting. I'm really excited to to speak with him about that. Just like you are,
1: Keith. We've got to do an off the record episode with you on like a Friday this spring when it's a little warmer out and i just literally we i want to do it live from your phone and just have you walk me through your garage and your shed and show me things around your house <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all want to see what's going on inside your guys houses yeah everybody do a video. We should do a, (laughs) we should do a Cribs version. (laughs) (laughs) A LinkedIn Cribs version. FA
1: Cribs. That's awesome. (laughs) They'll welcome us at the door. That's brilliant. That's really good.
0: Keith. Uh, All right, we're off the record. Please, please do. Really yeah. Uh, hey, guys. Obviously, I feel like we should do a former, uh, formal end. But appreciate always having you guys on the show. We'll sw- we'll switch off now. Um, just do a little banter. But we're excited to see you guys tomorrow for the Panko show. So definitely. I can't come wait back. to
1: do FA Cribs. I'm so excited for
0: it. <laughs> LinkedIn FA Cribs. Um, got my mower out last night. Nice. Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. I bet Keith's wife just laughs at him all the time. Watch it, Nick. Uh, I bet. I bet she. She has to have just as much sense of humor with, as Keith if she's going to deal with Keith. And after hearing her crack up at watching his video, I can tell that her their entire relationship has to be her rolling. Well, she her eyes. has to be involved.
1: She's filming him belly flopping into a pool with a shirt on. That's like, true. who else
0: is going to do it? Uh, yeah. I agree. There is yeah. nobody. He just Hey honey, me. I need
1: can you come out here for 10 minutes? Yeah, what's up? All right, I'm gonna drink this beer and just fall face first into the pool and I need you to record it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, but what are you doing? I'm getting my suit on. Just hold on. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get my suit on. Uh yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Keith That's is amazing. really good at what he does. So he's somebody that I would definitely follow for, for, for content, for content ideas and, and creativity, especially. Um, cool. Uh, any yeah, of you guys, really, he's even a
1: financial advisor at this point. I just feel like he's a video <laughs> creator marketer. <laughs>
0: uh, that's awesome. Can we do, can we start a hashtag FA cribs? We
1: totally <laughs> should. That's
0: awesome. i got to show everybody. I'm gonna walk everybody around my town home. <laughs>
1: you gotta but the best part is you have to meet us at the front door like out front. And you're like,
0: oh, absolutely. No. <laughs> absolutely.
1: That show was fire, by the
0: way. Absolutely. a hundred percent. I think we can all agree the best episode ever was Red Man.
1: Oh they're just smoking.
0: He was in his, it was where they, instead of doing cribs, people rent these houses and then they walk them around and interview them. Most of the people didn't even live at where they were when they were doing cribs. They just carried them to these places. So Red Man brought them back to, I think, one of his uh, his apartment or something. In that New he York had. Or and, yeah. and, and literally was just had clothes piled up in the corner. He had like his Xbox sitting out. He had like <laughs> pizza and drinks sitting everywhere. Dingy and just, light. He was walking around the room just showing people. It was hilarious. Uh, the most realist, the realist of real Good stuff. Nick, <clears throat>
1: enjoy, uh, enjoy going to the property weather in the North or in the East Northeast specifically, but I'm sure your guy, guys in the Carolinas are getting it as well. It's unbelievable.
0: Oh, nice weather. You mean, I thought they were getting, yeah. Hit with yeah. Weather, no, yeah. I think
1: they're getting, they're just warmer than we are. I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, yesterday was 60 some, I think today is supposed to be that. So it's pretty nice. It's creeps down a little bit, but I think the, I think the warm weather is trying to come through. Cody's China. thawing out
1: up there in Beantown.
0: Yeah, he sure is. He's still got a jacket and hat on in his basement yeah. for sure. Um, it's funny. It's getting to that point where, especially in Maryland, it's like it's like 70 during the day and like 40 at night. So I don't, my, I'm don't. i just always walking around with a jacket and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, this is that time of year where you, you get
1: those nice days and then you get annoyed when it's 48 the next day. <laughs> what
0: yeah. the hell? Exactly, All Zach. Right, good shit. The, the fast show. moving walk up where it's just like or walks up, people are like hey guys, why don't you come on in? And open the yeah, door. Yeah, it. that's, that's, yeah, it's gonna that's happen. What I love.
1: yeah. And, and Zach, you could start yours from the car because you know,
0: yeah. How uh Nick, how close are you to, to Ruff? I guess they're pretty close, right? But not Keith. Keith is the one who's far. The different Carolina, he's in the separate Carolina, correct?
1: So are Nick and Ruffalo like is it like the cold war? Like they don't want to, they don't want to talk too much. Cause they're kind of looking for the
0: same clients. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering, I'm surprised you guys haven't done a video yet. Got to get Nick in there. All right, guys, we got work to do. There's something, there's stuff that has to get done today from my, for my dog, like chewing on something. Um, talk to you guys later 20 minutes away how have you guys never how is he how is Nick not in truthful mutual and anything else that you guys do it's
1: a cold war he's he doesn't really he's like looks at Anthony like "Mm, you're stepping on my toes
0: here this is the graphic we need Corey and maybe this is this is going out too much but we need and if I had to guess if it's the personality we have to make Ruffalo Iron Man and Nick Nielsen is Captain America with a slash (laughs) in the middle that shows in New York and he's like holding a shield that's awesome (laughs) I like Shield it. that says Roth's. Roths. Uh, that's gotta happen. All right. Good shit. All right, guys. Have a good day. Thank Join you us for being here. Yeah, tomorrow's gonna be a really fun conversation. Again, we'll we'll dig into pure pure fee base but really going to lean in on the marketing bring in all your questions of everything that you have for panko i know a lot of you guys are the ones who asked for him watching him enjoying his stuff bring your questions and make sure you get them in early we'll control it a little bit by doing what we do with the episode but we'll bring in questions each time and 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 keep having them at the end i'm sure we'll have a full-out conversation so block off some time tomorrow i'm excited to talk to him and we will see you guys there thank you for listening We hope that you find value in this show.
1: We hope that you find value in Emco Advisors.
0: You finding success means everything to us.
1: If you found value in this show, please leave us a rating.
0: Thank you all.
1: Talk soon.